The hero factor is that special core fundamental that stands some companies apart to achieve true greatness. There's no better time than now to discover and revive your business story. Your origin story begins now. Hey, today's guest is awesome. In fact, they're all awesome right here on The Hero Factor. We know that building a company around a mission is more than just money, and we practice that at The Hero Club, and that's what gives you The Hero Factor. That's exactly what sparked today's guest to make a difference. I'm talking about Jonathan Stone and his wife, Dawn Elizabeth. Now, Jonathan created the company after hosting a radio show in his hometown of Las Vegas. He learned that one in six children go to bed hungry every single night. That's just unacceptable. And this led to Jonathan to start Sababa Water. Now, we're going to talk more about the name a little bit later and what it means. It's got a cool meaning. It's more than a bottled water and snack company. For every product sold, Sababa donates a meal to help hungry children. That's not all. It's helping to put up mobile food pantries on the West Coast and feeding thousands in the Bronx. Please welcome Jonathan Stone and Don Elizabeth to the Hero Factor. Hey, your background is in the entertainment industry. So how did you end up in the water business, man? Oh, it's just been it was a crazy ride and adventure. I've always been part of nonprofits and different groups like that, especially being in the entertainment industry, we get invited to events all the time. Right. Then you start realizing, like, am I going to these events for me or actually to give back? And then Don and I had a radio show. We had a lot of speakers and authors on there. And then more nonprofits started coming on and sharing with us what was going on. And then when we heard about childhood food insecurity and stuff like that, we were blown away. And we really wanted to do a lot more. And the other thing was having a lot of relationships in the entertainment industry was help us to launch, to take us even further to where we need to go. Yeah. And when you start thinking about it, I mean, the problem, and I talked about a little bit about this in the intro uh, before we you know, introduced you both, was the, just the fact the sheer massive size of the problem with food and, and access to water and all the kinds of things that you can get into and how much it affects kids. And, you know, we had the ability at the Hero Club, we were in Vegas and you guys were real gracious to let a group of CEOs come and stuff some packets for lunch, stuff some bags, which was fun. I think we set a record, didn't we? For the oh, most yeah, you guys knocked it chase. out. Yeah, we did. We destroyed but it. It's so amazing when you get all these CEOs, folks that are listening in, you get all these CEOs together, and we it, it's not a race, but we turn it into a race. We turn it into two, a race, yeah. We turn it into a race. There was these two lines of CEOs with on both sides of the tables, and for some reason, we decided to, to stuff them as fast as we could. And oh, yeah. And then they got competitive and they were like yelling at the other the other line that they weren't going fast enough. And it was fun. It was fun. Oh, yeah. It turned into the food packing Olympics. Tell me about the business itself. How do you run it? How does it benefit other people? How are you selling it? It's basically a way on our profit side of our company, we're creating a way of sustainability. So as we sell different products, our water, the snacks, we are able to fund the nonprofit side to be able to give back. And so it's a continual cycle and a new way of being able to help out your own community. You don't have to necessarily think about the idea of when am I going to give back? When can I volunteer? When you go to the grocery store, you are a part of the solution. Yeah, that's awesome. So most businesses do some type of charity work, but at Sababa, you guys make it part of your philosophy, which I think is really cool because when we think about Hero Club and we think about hero businesses, you know, the hero factor, it's always about taking care of the community. Why did you purposely wrap this around the business? We figured we had to teach people 
how to create a shift. A lot of people say we don't have enough time, we don't have enough money. So we want to make it as easy as possible. Say, look, the number one selling product in the world is water. So if you buy a bottle of water, feed a child. Mm -hmm. And so it's basically, instead of constantly nagging people and bugging people to do this, it's part of your everyday life and you're helping and giving back. And once we were able to launch that and push that out, we got amazing people to be part of the journey. So is it really water's the number one over like soda or some of those, or is it just should be the number one because it's the number one that's needed? No, absolutely. Water has surpassed soda. Get out. And yeah, I know. It's crazy even for us. But then again, shipping water is like shipping concrete. That's why we're launching our new Snacks That Matter company. Uh-huh. Well, let's get to that in a minute. I want to talk about that one too. But you know, on the water side, I remember I remember about 30 years ago being up in the uh, a holler, we call it a holler where I was growing up in, in Georgia and up on a mountain and there was this beautiful spring water coming right out of the rocks. And of course you can drink it right out of the rocks. And I still do. I still go there. I know exactly where it's at. It's got some ginseng and hemlock and all this other beautiful area. And I turned to my stepfather at the time who had to be about 50 at that time. And now, of course, he's 80 some years old. And I said, you know what? We should bottle this. Yeah. We should bottle this spring water. And he goes, you know what? Bottled water will never sell. It's <laughs> liquid gold now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we were stupid. We should have done it right there. We should have done it right there. I mean, because basically all we do is just pump it out of the earth and just put it in bottles. Exactly. Go, go ahead, Don. What were you going to say? No, I was just going to say, same thing as growing up, but you would never think that bottled water was going to be something because you're always getting it from the tap. And I remember when I was visiting Alaska, I was in the restaurant and I said, oh, do you have bottled water? They're like, what is that? Why would we bottle our water? It's so fresh. Yeah. And I always think back to that. But now, I mean, with chemicals that get pumped in, you have to kind of clean that stuff out so that we are drinking the healthy parts of it. Yeah, people don't know enough about water these days, like, you know, growing up when you had to build a well. Of course, I'm out in South Dakota, and we have to sink wells for water. If you live out in the country, I have well water, and I also take water right out of the river. Now, water I use out of the river, I use to irrigate, but the water that I take right out of the well, uh, I've got this sandy base, great filtration system, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, oh, man, it's the best water in the world. It's the best water, but not everybody has the water, which is a, a sad thing, you know, around the world. Right. Well, we're in Vegas, so we live in a desert. So <laughs> yeah, you guys got no water. You <laughs> yeah, got to bring everything in. Who would have thought, though, you know, thinking about, you know, bottling water and selling it. Now, of course, we ship water across water. Yeah. You know, that's, to me, that almost sounds nuts, but we do it. And that's crazy. Tell me the about on your LinkedIn page. It says, be the person you needed when you were growing up. Can you explain what that means? When we were young, we needed somebody to help us thrive. We needed that positive reinforcement. We needed hope. If you take yourself now and put you back to a child, what are you looking for in that mentor? What are you looking for a purpose? What do you, would you have told your younger self? So when we say be the person you need when you were growing up, it's like be there for them. Let's give people hope. Let's elevate humanity. These children need to eat. We need good nourishment. And so that's really how we model a lot of this. It's like, who, would, who did we need? What would have changed our life? Who would impact us? As we get older, we learn more about mentors and hero groups, places like mm -hmm. yours. But as a child, you don't know that. You yeah, know, like, you just you got just some basic stuff. Well, you know, there's a great book, Everything We Ever Needed to Know, we learned in kindergarten. And that's really true, you know, in terms of just the basic needs, things that we need. We just need to be loved, hugged, fed, you know, respected, 
and and play and play play is a good yeah. one too i like that yeah Play's so important. what plays extremely yeah, but what important. drew what, what drew this to you what what was the real thing you know, I, I call I talk about the hero factor about being the fact that you are a special kind of hero business, and you guys certainly are. Both of you are real, Jonathan and Don. You're both just real examples of hero leadership. You know, the types of kinds of leaders that really give back. But what was it that just said, you know, I need to do this. I really need to do this. This needs to be my calling. Actually, before Jonathan and I met, we both helped out with childhood organizations, like whether giving back through time or through money. And we both have always felt that children are the people that help out because they're the future. They're the people who are the innocent individuals who are in a system that they don't necessarily have the choice to be there. And when we met, it just kind of clicked. And we were like, what can we do to make a huge impact in this part of the world or in this part of our country. And so it was funny when we both started talking about it because he was like, I love to give back and I really love to help kids. I was like, wait, I help kids. We're like, no, you don't. And so just this great connection to find the sustainable way and and figure out how to solve this problem in our country. Yeah, that's amazing that people actually take action to do it and do it right. Do you describe your business as a nonprofit or do you describe the business as a for-profit? For-profit with a nonprofit arm to it. Yeah, which is good because, you know, one of the tenants that I talk about in the hero factor, and of course, we're here we are talking about it here today, about different pieces of it. And one of those is you got to make money. Yeah. If you, if you want to serve more people, you got to make money. You don't shy away from that, do you? Not at all. You have to. In order for it to stay sustainable so that everybody can thrive, there needs to be money being made and then allocating it in the right direction. Yeah, I'm going to come back to that in just a second. I want to take a quick break. Speaking of making money, I got to make some, and that helps me keep this message live. We'll take a quick break and come right back. C-Suite Radio. Okay, we were talking about making money, and of course, we just took a quick break so you could listen to one of my uh, sponsors, but I think it's important. You know, on page 12 of the Hero Factor book, I actually lay out the kinds of companies you could be, and one of those are do-gooders. Now, in this case, you're a do-gooder, but you make money. So you actually have the hero factor. So it actually helps you do it. So, and this is starting to allow you to do other things. Talk to me a little bit about we're using water to help fight hunger, but now you're thinking about doing snacks. Right. So we've realized what the water was doing really great in Southern California and local locations, but then we didn't realize how heavy water was. Shipping water is like shipping concrete. We were started getting phone calls from like colleges and hospitals and governor's offices across the United States saying, how can we implement this program, this one-into-one program? And we realized snacks or something small, easier to ship would be a better option. And well, because water's heavy. Water's heavy. Water's heavy. We, yeah, we, it's like shipping we, concrete. It, yeah, it's, it's, that, that's, there, there's your connection. When you say concrete, it's like shipping rocks. It's heavy. You ever carry a bucket of concrete in a five-gallon <laughs> five pail of water? I think it's the same. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And also, too, the one thing as you look at the numbers, we were also looking at numbers for the water and how many you can fit on a truck is about 30,000 bottles. But when you break down to a smaller item, like a snack item, you can actually get like 150,000 on a truck. And so we are trying to find ways to adjust our model to be able to make a bigger impact and be able to really sustain across the entire country. So it is that chipping element, but it's also how many we can put out at the same time. 
You know, I love that. It's like adapt, change, or die. In this case, you wanted to do something good, so you said, "Hey, water." I think that's probably how it came about. Yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden, it's like, "Holy, holy shit! It's expensive to ship this stuff." Okay, still good. All right, but now look, right? Is that kind of a good description? Yeah, basically, when we started with water, we're like, okay, if this doesn't work, we can keep it in our garage <laughs> because we had no clue what we were doing, how to get into the grocery industry or anything. But what was really great about that, it allowed us, I wouldn't say really like a Trojan horse, but to get out there, to get our name out there and build relationships. So now people that are joining our board and we're working with are huge in the grocery industry. Like even with our next product, Amazon has approached us and we've been working with them as well on flavor profiles. We're working with the American Diabetes Association, Cornell, Cisco, all these amazing people now are coming on our board to help us to realize that we can actually do this. And with snacks, it's a huge market that we have. And it's so much easier for us to ship to schools, colleges across the United States. So you're charging for this and what are you charging and, and how does it work? Yeah, so we're going in two routes. We're actually doing our e-commerce route as well as our wholesale route. And online, it's just like when you go to buy your groceries, almost like people who do the Amazon pantry, it's that idea. And yeah, we have different levels. So it's kind of hard to talk about you know, costs and stuff, but it goes from an individual size all the way up to a bulk size. And so it could be anywhere from $2.50 up to 25 bucks, depending on the sizing that you want. But the great part is whichever size you go, you know, you're also helping a child in your own community. Well, you can do this as individuals, but you could do it as a company. I think that's the cool thing. The companies could buy the snacks for their employees and, and, you know, they're always providing certain things. I mean, like today I brought in donuts. I mean, I could have, I got to bring in these snacks, right? Right. And they're actually really healthy. They're low glycemic index because we found out it's really important. Did you know there's over 100 million diabetics and pre-diabetics in the United States? I actually did know that because let me give you a little background from me. I used to be the head of the American Diabetes Association in South Dakota many, many years ago. So I especially helped with the Native American population because uh, almost 100% of them are going to get diabetes in their lifetime because of the diet and things that we've forced them to do over the years. So. Yeah. yeah, it's a great organization. We're actually, Don and I have been invited to, by the CEO to come sit with them and work out different initiatives and be a product that they get behind and support. So we're actually going to Washington to meet with them. Wow, that's that's fantastic. So talk to me about, I saw a little note about the West Coast that you're doing in San Diego that's not only feeding people, but putting training to the next generation of workers. What's going on with that? So one of the things we realized, 40% of all food in the United States gets wasted from, and we talk for the heads of Cisco to all these major organizations, and they actually throw away about 40%. And that's where more people are scared about landfills. And these are fresh fruits and vegetables. So we had this idea about how do we do cold storage? And I was with some heads of interstate batteries. And I said, look, hey, what about a solar pantry? Is it possible? Can we do this? And they're like, yeah, we don't know. So like with you guys and the CEOs, I'm like, look, give us an hour. And they fed 3,000 kids and then 29 batteries showed up. Yeah. And then different companies have donated the trailers. So about helping people in the community. So we got the Electricians Union, the Minority Caucus. And what we do is we take people that have come out of prison and also kids in the foster care. And we're teaching them about solar to build these pantries. And the cool thing is that everybody who's working on it has gone on to get a full job. 
And Tell me about these pantries. What do these pantries do? So these are actually refrigerated containers. They're uh, shipping containers. Some are reefers, which are refrigerated units, and some are mm-hmm. regular. And we're just... I'm, I'm glad you told us what reefer meant, because yeah, exactly. with all the marijuana talk going on, I thought it was something else there, and that would be a different kind of pantry. By the way, if you had those, you would really have to feed a lot more people. Exactly. <laughs> well, don't think we haven't thought about that. No. Um, <laughs> But no, so these pantries were just taking old shipping containers and creating them into refrigerated units. And we got the electricity and grid alternatives that helps uh, low-income families. They're donating the grids. So we're getting a lot of amazing people to work on it, but we're getting people to play nice together. So you got the electricians union, you got the grid alternatives, you have the shipping container people. Container, um, yeah. You get the, all these if you can buy those, you can buy those container units for about five grand, I think, or so. Right. Maybe, right. maybe a little bit more. I don't know. It depends on where you get them. But hey, if you, are you going to start selling advertising on the side of those? Exactly. Oh, yes. you already thought about <laughs> yeah. it. Wow. Yeah, because yeah, you could be a corporation and you could sponsor that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And in your community, we just got off the phone with one of the major ports and they want to actually come on our board as well for building that. That's the impact of change. Um, that's our full nonprofit. Sure. But um, yeah, the guy who's the head of the whole port wants to be on our board now and help get containers. So we could do this. Yeah, I think that's a that's a cool thing. And then, of course, tie it into local food pantries because a lot of local food pantries, you know, one, they're, they're restricted by dollars. They're restricted by somewhat, I would say, innovation because they've been doing it at the same time, right. the same way all the time. And I say that because I used to sit on a food pantry board many years ago. And I don't think they've updated or or had a lot of innovation in a lot of years. Agreed. And that's what, one of the things we're really working on because with the solar, also to cut down their cost, but mm-hmm. we're also putting mobile hotspots on there. We're going to put electricity. So if, God forbid, there's ever a natural disaster, these could be moved. Wow, that's fantastic. Well, listen, let me take a quick break and I want to come back to more of that and just need to go out and uh, talk to one of my great partners. C-Suite Radio. So... On these container units that you do, is that going to be the like the one of the main ways you go to market? For helping on bringing food to the different people in different states, yes, because we one of the big things we found as we have gone through this journey for the last five and a half years is that we're finding out that some organizations, like you said, are low on funds or they mm-hmm. can't have perishable foods or there are people who can't get to the organization. So we actually need things that are mobile to get out to them. And so this is another solution that we're working on in order to make it more accessible for the people who need the food. Yeah, which is the key. I mean, just getting through the bureaucracies, getting through the different ways and all the, you know, people are probably putting a lot of, I, I got to imagine there's a lot of stumbling blocks, like we can't do this. That's usually probably what to say right off the bat, because it just seems like it's it's so hard. But what I like about the two of you and what I've seen about the two of you over the last couple of years that I've known you is that you just do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, all of a sudden you're doing something in New York, you're doing something in Vegas, you're doing something in LA or San Diego. And it's just like, you guys are like the Energizer Bunny. You know? hungry, there's, there's hungry people all over. But it, what's great is now these communities are calling us and they're, they're calling us to come help. And then they, they become a part of it. So it's not like, so like, as you said, in New York, we know, and one of your, actually besides that, one of your, the hero members introduced us to his father who runs a huge company out there. Mm -hmm. we're able to get this food. But we know that if we come out there and we work with them, when we leave, people are still getting fed. So there's over 200,000 meals going out every single month. Wow. Even though we're out here 
And same thing we do in every other state. It's when you like, say out here, you mean Vegas, right? Well, yeah, yeah. Vegas. So, yeah. you know, we did 3,000, but there's mm-hmm. millions in Southern California, New York, now Georgia, love to come to the Dakotas and do stuff. There's a need. There's food deserts everywhere. And we could show people how to do it, but it has to be sustainable. When we travel or we go away, we need to know that it continues. Well, you know, what was interesting was when we talked about Vegas and we were and we went to the facility and the, who was the guy that was there? Yeah. Dale. Yeah, and Dale spoke guy. from his heart, retired guy running this thing Absolutely. out of a storage uh, locker, basically, you know, an industrial area and just talked about some of these kids. They just don't get a weekend meal. They don't get weekend snacks. And you guys were making that happen by us stuffing those bags. And and then you got to work with the schools and you got to work right. around all the little things to get it to the people. Because listen, folks, imagine the crap you got to go through to show up at a school with a van full of food to give to kids. And you know, all the problems with that, you know, what goes on during Halloween, you know, what goes on with you're worried about who the kinds of people that might walk into your school. You got all this other stuff about active shooters and everything. I mean, there's all the scenarios going on for you guys. Hats off to you, brother and sister. I mean, that's just phenomenal. What is it like when you, I mean, I got to imagine it's almost like being like mother Teresa. You know, it's amazing. The blessings and stuff. It's almost like watching America's Got Talent at some of these things. Because mm-hmm. when we go out there, people sing to you. They praise you. They just, they, they have joy in their life. And then you ask them to come back and volunteer. And they're like, you want me to? You give them a sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. And then they show up and it just changes the world. And you see this, it's, it's actually, it's magical. Yeah. Especially in New York and the South Bronx. You know, these people, it's, mm-hmm. it's hard for them, but they're showing up and they're helping and they're working with us. And that we're able to do it. Like in Vegas, the cool thing is like with Dale, you know, we were just able to donate 60,000 bottles of water recently. Somebody called us. We did it. Got it done. I don't know. One of my favorite stories. So recently in New York, they called us and said, look, we need rice and beans. We're like, okay, who do we reach out to? I didn't put this on social media or anything. I get a phone call, a random phone call from this lady in California saying, hey, we're getting the storage unit in New Jersey. And they have all these rice and beans in there. Do you, do you need them? Do you know anybody who could take this? It was Are you same exact same. I Are you swear kidding to me? you. I swear to you, it shows up. This is wow. the most important part of us all working together because it shows up. Good people come out and it's amazing. Yeah. And I swear by that story and it blew me away. And yeah, no social media or anything. Somebody called me that same day and said, we got this rice and beans and it's right next to where the food is picked up in Jersey. So they were able to pick it up and take it to the Bronx. Oh my goodness. That, that's got to make well, you, that's like divine intervention. So what's Sababa mean, by the way? It means everything's going to be all good. Is that, is that, is that something you came up with, Don, or is that actually a, a derivative of another word? Uh, it's actually its own word. It's a Mediterranean word and it means everything's all good. And so whenever there's some negativity around or things aren't going well, if you just kind of share out Sababa, it boosts your energy, it boosts what's going on, and it keeps that negativity away. Sababa. So you can say Sababa just yep. about everything. I love that. It's like it's like, like Kuna Matata. Exactly. <laughs> Instead of Kuna Matata. Can we get Disney just to say Sababa in the next movie? That would be great. It should be. It should make the Sababa movie. Yeah. I. Oh, you know what? I've heard, I actually have heard a couple people talk to you guys round the bound about doing a documentary on what you guys are doing and how you're doing it. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely in discussions about it. We want to do it right, though. 
You know yeah. what I mean? It's like if yeah. you do a documentary and then it just – you show it and it goes. How do we continue it to grow? Maybe this is something we talked to you about, the marketing because Or turn it into a series where we find local heroes or something. Yeah. We want to showcase other people and show them how to do this, how to give back, how to create change. That's what the Heroes Club all about. Well, that could be a whole thing. I mean, you can even think about it. And while we're sitting here and as we wrap up, we might want to think Sababa, Sababa, the podcast, Sababa, the movie, Sababa, the cards that you could give or buy or do. And, and I, and this is where my head goes when I start yeah. thinking about all this stuff, you know, it's like, everything's going to be all right. And, and you know what? Sababa would be, a, you can give a Sababa card to anyone that's having a, that's feeling sick, that's yeah. not doing well, that's down in their luck, had a death in the family. Everything's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. How it actually was started, Sababa, say you went into a party and there's all these negative people. You just look at your friend and go, Sababa, meaning we're here. We know who we are. It's all going to be okay. Keep yeah. away the evil eye. You know, that whole negativity. Just don't worry about it, Sababa. Life is simple. People make it hard. Yeah. Well, it's been fantastic talking to you guys. Well, hats off to you. Uh, cheers, everything. How can people give? Give Give money, time, dollars. I'm never. I'm always going to talk about money. Yeah. Because, you know, look, folks, money makes the world go round. You know, you can't just be a nonprofit. You got to make money in order to do good. Otherwise, you're just a wannabe and a do-gooder. And it's okay to be those things, but it's better if you can do it with real hero actions. Make money and put more back into what you want to do. So how can they do that? One of the places they go to is the thesababaway.org, and they can okay. volunteer there. And the Sababa water they could see, but as Snacks That Matters come out, we'll just keep updating you, pushing it yep. out there. LinkedIn, they can get hold of us. Facebook. Yes, and we also need people's time. Let them come out. Like next time we're in New York and you're in New York, we'll take you out for one hour. And you, you've you seen the impact. Now you come to the South Bronx for us. We could do a live podcast from there. And you'll see hundreds of people that will just bless you and praise over you. And just from their hearts, it's the most beautiful thing. All right, my friends. Well, thank you so much for being here today. And you've heard it right here on the Hero Factor. Uh, Sababa, everything's going to be all right. So let's make it happen. Thanks so much for both of you, Jonathan and Don, for being a part of the Hero Factor right here on C-Suite Radio. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Hey, at the end of every single show, I talk about the things I learned. I tell you what I learned. I learned that companies can have compassion. And it's important for us to be able to give. And man, remember, the real thing about the hero factor, you got to put people above profits. And that's what these guys are doing. So what are you doing today? Every company can make a difference. You don't have to be a company like Jonathan's and just go into the business full-time of helping kids or helping others who are less fortunate than you, but you can do something. So figure out something you can do. Buy some snacks, buy some water, put some money to good use and do the right thing. That's all that counts. And thank you for doing the right thing every day by listening to this show. And don't forget to tell your friends that you heard it right here on The Hero Factor with Jeffrey Hazlett on C-Suite Radio. You've been listening to the Hero Factor podcast on C-Suite Radio. Find this and other podcasts like this on c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.